Coffee in Space is a podcast by S. Daniel Smith that puts the best in established and up-and-coming science fiction and fantasy writers in front of you, their readers. Dan's goal is to help you learn more about who they are as people, how they write, and how they live. Whether you're listening to this podcast at home, or in your car, or somewhere in between, Dan hopes to transport you to the crew lounge on an intergalactic spaceship, where you can have a cup of your favourite coffee with science fiction and fantasy authors. So sit back, listen in, and enjoy the show. Hey everyone, Dan Smith here. I want to wish everyone a happy new year as I am recording this. It is January 2nd. The interview you're about to hear Derek Kunskin talking about life as a writer, so Derek Kunskin on writing, was recorded back in November, and I just thought it was a good idea to start off a year knowing that a lot of people have new writing goals or they want to learn about writing in the first place. They needed a place to start. So I think a great starting point for for individuals who are trying to get into writing or trying to use 2022 to better their writing is to find out from an experienced writer the path to publication and the path to becoming a better writer. So I'm, I'm super grateful that Derek let me split this, uh, this interview we did back in November with his publisher and the publisher's publicist, uh, Rosie Pete. I'm glad that they let me split this up to kind of deal with the novels that he wrote in the first interview, which you can listen to uh, in the previous episode. Um, and then this kind of on-writing episode that you're going to hear now, which I would normally reserve as kind of a 10 more minutes with episode, but this is a little bit more specified than some of my other extra episodes, bonus episodes. So I'm going to go on and and release this as a full episode, an opportunity for you and me to learn from a very experienced and very successful author, Derek Kunskin. So here, without further ado, is Derek Kunskin on writing. Let's turn now to spend a few minutes uh, with more detailed look at you as the writer uh, and kind of hold like your own little 10 minute um, writers conference as it will. I'm just going to ask you some, some questions. You kind of just your free range here, uh, your opportunity to talk to other writers and, and uh, people who want to be writers. Um, so do you know what age you were when you first decided you wanted to be a writer? Uh, so I was taking French immersion in Canada, and that means I learned how to read and write in English in grade two. Um, and as soon as I learned how to read and write in English, I started writing stuff down. And I don't know if there was an urge to be a writer, but I was, I remember very clearly being at my grandmother's house and writing in my cahier, you know, a story about a policeman. And I don't know why I did that. I just started doing it. Um, when I was in grade four, I wrote my first book very consciously trying to write a book and it was just a kid's book but my you know teacher got a parent to type it up and uh 31 copies were made and I still have a copy and my brother still has a copy and uh you know so that that was more of a sign I would say that that was the moment I knew I wanted to be a writer and then things just moved on and by the time I was 15 I deliberately set out to write something that was that would be a novel right not with pictures not short like a real novel um, so the self-awareness was there from a very early age and I have no idea why that urge is there. I've spent a lot of time trying to figure that out myself in my own life. It's, uh, I had, you know, I, I was early onset, 
uh, author desires and uh, uh, reaching back to even before the third grade, but the third grade is when I wrote my first thing that my teacher read in front of the class. And oh, nice! Uh, I got to read uh, periodically as I'd write another chapter that looked suspiciously like a cross between Call of the Wild and White Fang, but uh, but it was the best I could do at the time. But, uh, yeah. but yeah, people say, why do you want to be a writer? And the truth, honest to goodness, truth is I don't actually know. I just know that this is what I'm doing and this yeah. is what I've always wanted to do. And I'm kind of, it's a breath of fresh air to, to feel like I don't have to answer that with some grandiose world changing idea that I just, yeah. it's okay to admit that I just don't really know. I think it's okay to do that. And I'm glad to hear somebody else someone with a lot of success say something like that. I appreciate uh, it. I'm, I'm happy to hear your view is, is, is the same thing. It means to me that you are a writer. Like it's, it's something you have to do. Yeah. Um, okay. So uh, what was it, you know, you talk about it. Well, actually, let me say for me, it, it was so ref, uh, not refreshing. It was validating to me when my third grade teacher, Mrs. Bird, uh, let me read, or she would read uh, parts of my story in front of the class. Uh, first of all, did that? Is that? Did you get validation from those thirty-one copies uh, back in the day? Did you feel like, uh, yeah, you know, someone has recognized me for me, or or anything of that nature? I think I think um, it was a public statement by the teacher that you know Derek wrote something, and you know the fact that I, I felt kind of bad that you know, some parent had to type this up, but, you know, obviously she, you know, she was volunteering as a parent and um, yes, it gave me a sense of identity that I could point at and say, you know, it's not a great outing. It's not a, it's not a, you know, it's not Proust, but um, it's a start. Right. And I, I at least had that as a start and yeah, I had never thought of it as in, in before you asked in terms of, is it validating, but um yeah, it did have some help in in making that sort of iron steel certainty that I am a writer. Yeah, that identity uh, is a good way to put that, um, that you were able to see that as part of who you were at that time. My aunt is a nun. And at one point when I was a teenager, I said, you know, why did you become a nun? Because I was curious. And she said, um, God called me and it's my vocation. And I mean, the God called me part means, you know, not much to me, but the vocation part, I said, what is a vocation? And she's like, it's, it's your calling. It's what you do. And I'm like, okay. And so I understood that she had to follow that path. And so writing it, yeah, it's, it feels like a vocation in that sense too. Part of an yeah. identity. Yeah. 100%. Um, so do you remember when you got your first acceptance letter and yeah. do you remember what it felt like? <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so I was walking my son, he was not even one year old yet. And I was walking to the mailbox and I think it was cold. So it must've been like spring or fall. And I opened the mailbox and there was something from on spec magazine. And when I opened it up, it was like, you know, we're offering you 130 bucks to, you know, take your story and we'll publish it. And I was just like, oh my God, somebody is paying money because they think they're going to make money off of this. And that sort of validation was just huge. And uh, yeah, I was fist pumping and talking to my son who had no idea what was going on and didn't really care. Um, but, you know, he was, he was there with me uh, as a, as an infant. Well, I, I'm sure he was very supportive in the end. Um, so my, <laughs> yeah. 
mine happened in 2000. Mine was in nonfiction. And this was yeah. back when I, my, you know, I was going to be the next, uh, you know, New York times, you know, investigative reporter or something, you mm -hmm. know, back in the day. And I, I got my first acceptance was from a, uh, a magazine, a small religious magazine. And uh, they paid me $22 and 50 cents for, uh, I think probably close to a thousand words. And I just thought, Oh, well, I'm done. This is it. I am forever going to sell articles. And of course that did not happen. And, uh, yeah. and I realized very quickly that it's still hard to sell the next one, uh, which, uh, I'd like to ask you now, uh, did you, <laughs> this is a little bit, uh, me being vulnerable in that I thought now that I had a credit, I was good. Did you go through that phase or did oh, you realize absolutely. quickly that you had to, yeah. How did no, no, explain absolutely. that a little bit? So in 2006, I sold my first story um, to on spec. And then my second sale was to Asimov's. And when I got into Asimov's, I'm like, holy crap, this is, this is Asimov's. I've yeah, made I think it, right? you should have that feeling. Yeah. Yeah. And, but the thing is, I was, I had been not writing any novels for about five years because I said, until I make it as a, till I prove that I'm, I'm a professional and the sale to Asimov's I thought was it. And so then I immediately wrote another novel, which was my third, which was unpublishable. And then I tried to sell more short fiction and I couldn't get into any pro markets. Um, the next three years, I think, were all semi-pro markets, which means, you know, less than the SIFWA rate, um, the SIFWA minimum. Uh, and it wasn't until 2011, so three years, um, that I got back into Asimov's. And it was after Sheila Williams had, I had met her at a conference and I went up to her and I'm like, I want to thank you so much for all those rejection letters you keep sending me and how you keep encouraging. And, you know, she's uh, Sheila Williams is a very savvy editor and her brain, my God, she, I can have a conversation with her now and 10 years on, she can still name the stories that she rejected of mine. Um, like she's got that kind of a mind. Anyway, she just pointed at me in her sort of New York editor way. And she's like, you write too dark. And I'm like, what? And uh, she's like, you write too dark. And I'm like, okay, I will, I will do that. And so I, I deliberately set out to write something funny. And then I deliberately wrote to set out to write things that were more adventure and sort of happy ending sort of stuff. And then, you know, she was buying everything and I saw her in a, anyway, and that was, that was my drought. So the drought that you're talking about, yes, I had it and I, I had it bad. It lasted three years. Um, but then to finish the Sheila Williams story, uh, I was in, um, I was listening to her and Neil Clark and another few people, you know, all these big editors uh, at a panel at Worldcon or something. And um, they were all discussing their editorial views. And so I put up my hand, I was in the audience and I said, oh yeah. And, you know, Sheila, you had mentioned that you, you didn't want dark stuff. And, you know, she saw me and immediately said, no, Derek, I only didn't want you to send me dark stuff. And I'm like, holy crap. So, um, she not only said what she wanted in her magazine, she had identified my weakness or like something that I wasn't balancing well as a writer. And like, just of all the people, like she sees 6,000 submissions a year and yet she can pinpoint a writer's development in that way. Like just an incredible editor, like every reason that she should be winning the Hugo. Um, and, uh, so yeah, it was, it was just, I, I felt that I had understood what she had said to me in 2009, but by 2000 and whatever, you know, she corrected me again and like, nope, that was specifically about you, Derek. <laughs> like, 
Yeah. Well, I'm not sure if it means more that she knows you <laughs> or that she knows the parts that you need to not do. I don't know what part's better about that, but I guess it's good because it's worked out in the end. Um, yeah. So you recently, uh, I don't want to say quit your job. That doesn't seem right. That uh, it's, I quit it's my job. The, it's not the wording I want to use, but you just did it. So I'm going to. So I you resigned. Recently, you, you, uh, you walked away. You told your boss to shove it, whatever. Um, <laughs> I was nicer than more, that, but yeah. <laughs> to focus more on your writing. Um, how has that gone so far? Well, it's only been five weeks. And to be honest, I've been watching a lot of TV. <laughs> Uh, I have uh, been reading new books, which I think I was suffering from a tiny bit of burnout um, even before I went back to work. Because uh, like, you know, we've, we've talked before that from 2015 to 2020, I took about four and a half years off to be, you know, more with my son and then also to, uh, to, to focus on the writing. And that worked out really well. But I think I was pushing myself really hard. So by 2019, I was a little burnt out and then I went back to work burnt out. And I'm, I'm in a government executive job and it was a difficult job to start with. And then the pandemic hit five weeks after I got there. Um, and, you know, there's lots and lots and lots of chaos to start with. And if you're in management anywhere in government, it's, 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 it's a great vocation, but it's challenging as well. So finally, I found that, you know, the, it, it wasn't working trying to do the two and that, you know, if I can live a very economical life, then I didn't need a job. I could I could live off of what the novels and, you know, commissions and stuff will do. And I just have to pinch my pennies. And so that's what I decided to do for the next 10 years until, you know, my pension kicks in. So, yeah. Uh, so then uh, just a general statement, mm -hmm. give me one piece of advice you want to give to writers uh, that maybe you wish you had known back in the day uh, that you've had to learn and that you'd like to pass on to let some, uh, to maybe help people skip to the next step? I learned faster doing short fiction. So reading short fiction and writing short fiction accelerated my learning incredibly. Um, and so that I think is a big deal. The other thing is networking, like just find other people that are at your level and just who want to learn as much as you do and who are, that have the same ambition and just work with them and have them critique your stuff and you critique theirs and just keep writing more. And that, that was what really, that was my accelerant from 2007 to 2011. I was working with a writer's group and I was working on mostly short fiction, although I had a couple of unpublishable novels in there too. Thanks for that. I appreciate it. Cause, and mostly because I am also working on short fiction right now and I have joined a group of like-minded individuals. And so I'm happy to hear that I am on the fast track to being the next Derek Kunstin. You're on the fast track uh, to skip right past me. It's okay. Yeah, <laughs> not going to happen, but it'd be cool. Well, folks, that's all we have for this week. I want to thank you for joining me for another episode of coffee and space. It's been great having you here with us. It's been great hearing from Derek Kunskin as he talks about how to uh, how to celebrate the milestones of being a writer and how to notice the validation and the identity when it comes. I hope you'll take what you've learned from him and from me this week and make it part of your motivation and and inspiration as you go into 2022 and make your writing dreams come true. And I will meet you again next week with another exciting guest over a cup of coffee in space. Music.